0: Welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Last episode, we did part one on the topic of raising stats, a subject that should be of great interest to any listener. But before we release part two, we decided we had better discuss the subject of subproducts. We have previously defined what a valuable final product is, but let's give it a quick review. There are several definitions for the term valuable final product, and these are all from articles from Mr. Hubbard. This first one, dated 25 March 1971, he says here something that can be exchanged with other activities in return for support. The support usually adds up to food, clothing, shelter. Money, tolerance, and cooperation or goodwill. Okay, so a valuable final product. What makes it final? There are a number of things that lead up to any product. If you're building furniture, delivered lumber in your shop is a product, it's somebody's product. Whoever is in, responsible for ordering material, That person got a product by ordering the correct quantity of uh, lumber for a correct price delivered in a timely fashion. That would not be a concise statement of the valuable final product, but that's something that he is doing. He's getting that stuff purchased and delivered in a timely way, the correct quantity, the correct quality, the correct material uh, for a reasonable price. That is obviously not the valuable final product of the furniture building factory it's a subproduct that leads to the valuable final product but for the purchaser he is being supported by the organization the rest of the team in that organization because he produced his valuable final product so for him that delivered lumber in the correct quantity etc cetera, etc cetera, <clears throat> that is his valuable final product, because that's what we are, if we're working in that company, that's what we are exchanging with him for. So for him, it's a VFP, valuable final product. But for the organization, it is a sub product that leads to the valuable final product of the organization or company. Okay. So here's definition number two from Mr. Hubbard. This one dated 25 March, 1971 could as easily be named a valuable exchangeable product. What makes it final? It's exchangeable. That raw lumber that just got delivered into the factory is not exchangeable with those who are seeking furniture. Maybe if they're a bunch of do it yourselfers and you are a lumber yard, Timber. that would be uh, something that is exchangeable. But for a furniture manufacturer, that is obviously not exchangeable. It is not final. Final and exchangeable are, in this scenario, uh, pretty much synonymous. Definition three, a valuable final product. One, you can exchange with the society for the wherewithal which the society has. By definition, it is something for which you can exchange the services and goods of the society. Now, we, here we may as well embrace the concept that it can also be a service. Now, remember that a service always leads to a product. Okay, so the product is what we would call a havingness. Okay, it's something that has been created. So while you're a service, you might be a hair stylist, and you go, well, you know, I don't I don't produce hair. The guy grows his own hair. No, but you provide a service, and that service leads to a well-executed hair style that is satisfactory to the customer and suits their character and their face and so forth something along those lines. Very important to define that product, Uh, though you are delivering a service. You're not making hair, you're not making faces. And the same thing for a healthcare professional. They are providing a service, but that service leads to a product, and that is what the person is uh, exchanging for. There's something that they are getting. There's a carrot there. There's, There's something they can have as a consequence of the doingness or service. I would Say it's a very important exercise for anybody listening. If you haven't done so already, you certainly must define your valuable final product. You must, must, must. You might have more than one. You might have several, but you must, must, must define those because all the actions of the organization are intended to lead towards that valuable final product. So, if you don't have one named, if you can't name it off very uh, easily, right this second as I ask you to think about it, if you can't think of, this is my VFP, blah, you can't do that, then uh, you need to work that over. Very, very important. It doesn't take very long usually. Remember that it is something that you can hold or have. Okay. Last definition here, something that can be translated into the society for the wherewithal to survive. That from a lecture from 1971, January 18th. Okay. So, you know, you're looking at in society, a mutual survival um, activity where one individual or group provides valuable final product that can be used by another and they accept that and for that they are exchanging back to that person and you end up with this beautiful uh, very simple clean and clear network of uh, exchange and communication and this is actually quite a beautiful thing. When you see it in action, you see a prosperous community, a prosperous farming community, perhaps from uh, uh, probably even modern times, I don't know. But uh, back when uh, I was growing up on a farm in Vermont, it was pretty simple. You know, people produce products and they got exchanged for it. This obviously, when you enter in aberration, greed, avarice, uh, seeking of power and control, for suppressive reasons, this is also a fruitful area for false information and obfuscation and manipulation, and so the subject can get more and more complicated. But it what it boils down to is the exchange of valuable final products. Okay, so that's it for valuable final product, and that is a review. But now I want to talk about what is a sub product. So Mr. Hubbard says this uh, from an article. Uh, from 1976, September 1976. He says, any of the small products that make up a valuable final product. If you take any valuable final product or VFP and trace it backwards step by step, you would have a list of subproducts. Getting these subproducts is necessary to the accomplishment of the valuable final product. So this is very, very simple. Okay. Once you have worked out your valuable final product for your company or organization or products. Okay. You need to urgently, importantly, if you want to control the the outflow of that particular valuable final product, you must work back. What are the small products that followed in sequence will arrive at the valuable final product? You know, the lumber that was ordered and received, um, the communications accepted and uh, received and delivered to the correct person. That would be the job of someone like a receptionist, someone in charge of inflow. You know, a closed, signed, sealed, and delivered contract. The uh, competently executed promotion these are subproducts the constructed furniture in your furniture factory is actually a subproduct it's not a valuable final product until it's exchanged remember that so you've got a factory floor and they're cranking out chairs and they're cranking out desks and they're cranking out this and that great but it hasn't been distributed yet so don't feel like you're done with your subproduct chain just because you now have a desk sitting in the middle of your factory floor And even once it's distributed, you may not want to consider that to be final either. Because what is the objective here? Are you delivering a piece of furniture just to deliver a piece of furniture? Or are you hoping that the customer will receive that gladly, happily, and be more than satisfied? In other words, gets a greater quality of exchange than they were expecting. This would be your ideal. This is what is called exchange in abundance, which is going to be the subject of another podcast, but your valuable final product should incorporate in its statement that the exchange is completed with a tremendously effective result uh, from the consumer of that product. If you gear your whole organization to the production of the wrong product or an incomplete statement of a valuable final product, you will discover difficulties that you may not be able to trace very easily. But it could be as simple as an inadequate description of your valuable final product. It's not yet final. It's not yet exchangeable or exchanged. But now we're talking about subproducts. Okay. So I'm going to clear up two other terms with you. Very important. Probably revisit them. But there's two terms that get commonly confused by the members. Okay. The first is the term quota. So, per Mr. Hubbard, a from an article 8, February 72, a quota is a production assignment, the number assigned to whatever is produced. So, what's a quota? It's a number that is assigned to whatever is produced. So, if you're producing furniture, you would say your quota in this factory today is 100 chairs produced. That's a quota. Okay? Don't knock off until you've produced 100 chairs. Well, that's going to be a lot of work. And that's right. But that's what we need. You need to produce this quota. So that's the definition of a quota. It's a production assignment, the number assigned to whatever is produced. Now, here's the next term the term target. So in an article on the 8th of February, 1972, Mr. Hubbard states targeting, I quote, targeting is defined as establishing what action or actions should be undertaken in order to achieve a desired objective. So a target would be a step in that. What are the targets that will lead to the objective? The objective would be the quota. So the members will sometimes say, well, you know, what's your target? hundred shares. No, that's not your target. That's your quota. Okay. The target would be, you know, uh, assemble the lumber necessary. So much lumber that we need. uh, Drop the cut list. uh, You know, take care of the cut list by such and such a time, often targets are plotted against time, Um, you know, uh, pre-finish the pieces, assemble the pieces, you know, these are all targets that have to be executed in order to get your 100 chairs done. So, any production quota would have to be followed by targeting, setting up or establishing the targets that need to be executed to achieve that objective or quota. Okay, so now I'm going to read you Uh, an article by Mr. Hubbard called Production Quotas dated the 16th of November, 1976. An incredibly important reference. And it begins, uh, well, very near the beginning, three lines, all capital letters. Remember, if it's all capital letters, it's probably pretty important. So here's what he says here. Where a staff member does not know the subproducts which go to make up a gross divisional statistic. Okay, that's unfair of me. I should have defined gross divisional statistic. But your cycle of production in any organization is going to be broken up in divisions. You're going to have your marketing and sales division. You're going to have your finance division. You're going to have your production division. So every one of these divisions, we're not going into detail on these right now, but we will. But every one of these divisions should have one or perhaps two, not usually that many uh, gross divisional statistics that measure the successful completion of its valuable final product, uh, which remember is still a subproduct leading to the valuable final product of the organization. But every division of an organization should have its own valuable final product, just like every staff member employee should have their own valuable final product. And there has to be a statistic that uh, shows that that VFP is being accomplished. So in the case of a division, it's called a gross divisional statistic and the abbreviation is GDS. GDS. So I'll repeat, where a staff member does not know the subproducts which go to make up a gross divisional statistic, the GDS will suffer and fall. So a classic GDS for the second division of the organization, which is usually called Uh, It could be called dissemination. It could be called sales and marketing, but it involves obviously uh, enlightening others and getting them to uh, purchase whatever the VFP of the organization is. That's generally division two. And one of their GDSs, it's not usually the only one, but one of their GDSs, gross divisional statistics, is gross income. Well, I don't know an entrepreneur alive who isn't interested in gross income, but gross income is made up of a series of subproducts being accomplished in sequence, in adequate quantity, quality, and viability. And anybody who's tried to scream at the thermometer and get the gross income to go up without analyzing what subproducts lead to that GDS, or that valuable final product of uh, income greater than outgo, that would be the product of division two, income greater than outgo plus reserves. Okay, that would be a statement of the valuable final product of that division. They're the income division. They're responsible for sales and marketing. So that would be their product, one of their products, certainly. And then it would also be uh, their key statistic would be gross income. A lot of times this gross income statistic gets moved over to division three, finance, but finance doesn't generate the sales, and finance doesn't generate the marketing. So it's actually a miss in most cases, I won't say in every case, but in most organizations, putting gross income over to division three, the finance division is incorrect. It should be probably in division two. I don't know. We'd have to look at your org board, but your organizing board, we'd have to look at your uh, organization to establish that firmly, but uh, it's a common error. Okay. So gross income is a great one because uh, a lot of people are interested in it, but it is like any other product. Or valuable final product, it is made up of a series of earlier subproducts. And he says here where a staff member does not know the subproducts, which go to make up a gross divisional statistic, the GDS will suffer and fall. So if your gross income is suffering and falling and you don't know your subproducts, clackety clack, clackety clack, then um, you don't have to look much further for why that might be occurring. You're not monitoring the subproducts. He also goes on to say this, and it was also found. Where subproducts are not given a quota, quotaing a GDS fails. Okay, go back to division two. You want to quota the gross income? Go right ahead. But if you're going to quota the gross income and not quota the subproducts that lead to that gross income, uh, it's just going to fail. Your GDS is going to fail. It doesn't do any good to only demand the GDS or the valuable final product. You have to demand. The subproducts and they themselves need to be given quotas. So, in a sales area, very typical example, there's obviously uh, prospects or leads is a subproduct. You can't, you know, unless you're a lead generator, you're not, it's not a valuable final product, it's a subproduct. As a lead generator, that's your valuable final product. I gave you, you know, 100 leads in the last three days. Give me my pay, you know. I can't help it if you're a loser and you don't know how to close them. I'm giving you the leads. I'm doing my job, okay? That was probably pretty cruel for me to say that, but whatever. Um, Okay, and then, then you've got contacts. Most good salespeople should have a quota of a subproduct, which is live contacts, which is a little bit different from leaving a message on a phone. It means a live communication with a buying unit, a real prospect, not just the secretary. You know, that would be a contact. Every salesman probably has their sort of average closes to contact ratio. A very good one can usually keep that ratio pretty high. And a, and a new salesperson, maybe not quite so experienced or competent, might have a, a different closing ratio. But remember, a contact is not the same as an interview. So you might have a contact and the contact could lead to an interview. So you have interviews, that's another subproduct. No one's going to be paid for just doing interviews, shouldn't be paid for just doing interviews. They should be paid or exchanged for producing their valuable final product, which would be uh, in the case of our our furniture factory, a a signed contract, a, a job sold, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. And ideally, at least some of the money up front. So, you know, you can define that more closely. But that is, in a simple way, the technology of getting production quotas met you quota the sub products you know what those sub are and you quota them and once you quota them obviously you should also target them out you should say okay good so you need to get this week 50 sales interviews done you know you're quoting the gross income so what are the targets you need you know you need to get with your top lead generators Uh, maybe they're even outside the organization, Uh, your bird dogs, you know, how many contacts you need, or maybe you need to create some new bird dogs, you know, so you give them a target, you know, uh, find or create 10 new bird dogs. I don't have enough bird dogs. Nobody's giving me enough leads. Good. Well, you're the sales guy. You need to generate your own bird dogs, don't you? I mean, who do you expect to do that? We don't have a lead generator around here. You know, this is not a huge corporation here. You are up to you to generate your own leads, but anybody who's trying to create leads is going to recruit for himself a bunch of bird dogs who are going to give him leads, whether they're volunteer, whether they're friends, whether they're family, whether they're getting some kind of a commission for generating or award for generating leads, uh, some system or another, you, if you're going to sell, you need leads. And uh, if you're going to sell in any real quantity, you need uh, to find a network of bird dogs or lead generators. That's This isn't a talk on sales, but that's pretty obvious. So he now has a new target. Create new 10 new bird dogs for yourself. Find 10 new bird dogs. Recruit 10 new bird dogs. That's a target, not a quota. But that target has to be established and accomplished in order to reach the quota. It's very easy, once you've established the quota, to work backwards and figure out the targets that need to be accomplished and the sub- uh, products that need to be achieved and the quotas of those subproducts. And uh, if this is sounding a little complex, I, I, I really do apologize, but it is not complex. It's very simple. Probably if you listen to this podcast a time or two again, uh, you'll go, well, it's actually pretty much common sense. It is. But you'd be amazed how many guys don't do it. And you'd be amazed how many don't graph the subproducts. They keep a logbook. What the heck is the sense of that? You know, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to go over this before we go over the next talk on raising stats, because uh, you, if you establish sub products and sub statistics and you go, well, it's only a sub statistic, therefore I don't really need to graph it. Man, you are going to miss. You're going to miss a, uh, every time. You're not going to see the relationship between the rise and the fall of subproduct statistics, uh, often in terms of trend. In other words, a statistic is tending to go up or tending to go down, or it has a certain cycle, and you have to be able to observe that and see its relationship to the gross divisional statistic. Okay, well, I noticed that when the letters out statistic is in a steep incline, uh, you know, going up steeply, usually six, eight weeks later, we have a nice jump in the gross income. You're not going to notice that if you don't graph it. But that's a very common relationship. In fact, uh, pretty much guarantee. If you write a proper letter and you quote uh, letters properly, that should be one of the sub-statistics and sub-products in the sales area is the number of written communications out. Uh, There's a whole technology to writing letters, by the way. We're not going to cover that right now, but there is. Uh, You're going to miss that relationship if you do not graph them. And you should graph them and you should post them. I don't care if you have a wall in your business that's covered with paper graphs. I I think that would be appropriate. Uh, I have seen organizations of five or six people that have a full wall. In fact, I've administered one uh, that a full wall of stats stuck on the wall. You can look in your computer too. That's not bad, but I've often found and chalk it up to being maybe a little old fashioned, but I like just looking at them Uh It's called an Organization Information Center. It's a term coined by by Mr. Hubbard. The uh, initials being OIC, which I think is rather humorous. Because when I look at them, I generally see. Oh, I see. So, yeah. Establish your subproducts. Establish your statistics for those subproducts. Substats, in other words. Quota those. By all means, quote of the gross divisional statistic, but work it backwards so you're quoting the subproducts. Get all your staff to own the specific substats or subproducts that belong to their hat or their duties or responsibility, area of responsibility, and uh, monitor them, train them, take care of them, be interested in them. There's, there's more, obviously, uh, technology to this. But uh, if you start with that, then you have a prayer of being in control of your statistics and your roast divisional statistics and the production of a viable amount of valuable final products. Okay, hope that was helpful. Uh, Don't forget, if you have wins and you learn things from these podcasts, to let us know by writing us at info at wiseeastus.org. If you have questions, you're also welcome to write us info at wise we love hearing from you we love the fact that more and more people are listening to these podcasts and uh we know it's doing a lot of good because we're getting a lot of feedback but we can always have more we keeps us going so don't uh don't neglect to let us know how you're doing with this okay again thanks for listening and we will be speaking with you again uh, very soon